Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. We love this time of year, uh, the opportunity to uh, kind of focus and celebrate uh, what God did 2,000 years ago is just a phenomenal thing. And I love songs uh, like what Brother Nosh just sang uh, because uh, they bring kind of the, the reality of our humanity to the, the, to the story, to the situation, because they were real people, just like you and I are sitting here today. And uh, Mary really had a real baby. He was, it was God incarnate. And so, but it, for Joseph and for these, for these parents, that was their baby. That was their firstborn son. And so uh, I love that thought of, uh, you know, there's this pull between, can he just be my son for right now? Can he just, I just, it's a really big thought that it's God right here in my arms, you know, God in the flesh. But can he just be my son can he just for, for a minute and, and you know, to, to, to be a dad and, or to be a parent and kind of have that idea in your mind like, how in the world would you face that? You know, we're, we have this responsibility and this privilege of God. I, I felt like that if I put myself in that shoes, which I, I, I don't pretend to uh, be able to, but uh, just trying to, I'm thinking, I think there would be days that I would just sit there and be like, uh, uh, this is crazy. You're like, just... Well, I mean, you know, this is crazy, you know, like just unbelievable. But um, the reason why this is so awesome is because, did I just say awesome? Awesome. The reason, <laughs> reason why this is so awesome is because uh, it is such a riveting story. Uh, and it's such, uh, again, we, we look in Scripture and this amazing uh, cast of characters that we see surrounding the, the incarnation uh, is, it, to me, it, it is a very exciting thing. Uh, we could look at all the different characters, which uh, a few years ago we did. Uh, I, I looked at the character of the characters of, of Christmas, and um, it's, it's such a good, good thing to look at. Look at the people a, a, involved in that, and, and, and specifically who we looked at was Joseph and Mary. And we kind of brought that humanity to the to the uh, the story for us today and uh, but there was kind of outside of that a still a central group of people that is included in this Christmas story and and uh, we were watching that video after the choir special and just seeing again another portrayal of those shepherds with that bright light them they're on that that hillside and and at night and, and such a, br a brilliant and bright light showing up to them um, to me is, is such a captivating thought too. And so this morning, uh, I want to look at them. I, I want to look at the, uh, the shepherds because again, we can look at Mary, we can look at Joseph, we've done that. Uh, we could look at the innkeeper, right? We could learn many different lessons. Obviously there's an innkeeper uh, because there wasn't room there for him, uh, room fa uh, in family, whatever. Uh, there were animals, right? We could talk about animals this morning. Uh, many of you would love that, I'm sure. Um, but and I, I would too. I'm not saying that I don't love animals. But, um, but we could talk about Simeon. We could talk about Anna after the birth in the temple there that uh, Joseph and Mary encountered. We could talk about the wise men that eventually would come from the east that would go and talk to Herod. And uh, Herod would kind of put out a bounty. And we could talk about all these different things. But again, this morning, uh, I, I want to talk about the shepherds and specifically something that we see with them is their praise. And so uh, I want to talk about Christmas praise this morning. And uh, it, it's, it's such an important thing because recently on one of our Sunday evening services and one of our prayer services, I talked about our praise as a church, what it, what it should look like, what our praise should look like and why it should look like that. And again, I think it's so cool that we're here talking about that this morning and learning, I believe, from some ordinary people. Some, some ordinary people that were there surrounding the Savior's birth. And again, we can see how their praise uh, should maybe influence our praise. Or maybe, maybe we should have a little bit of what their praise looked like 
in our praise. And so um, remember, these shepherds, they weren't kings. They, they weren't uh, dignitaries. They weren't uh, great political figures. They weren't even religious figures. They, they were just normal, ordinary people, just like you and I, just like us. And I believe that's vital to the Christmas story. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we look at Mary and Joseph, and, and, and there, are, there are certain uh, religions that, that have elevated uh, these people who were vessels that God used uh, to places that they shouldn't be elevated. But we, we, we look at them, and we know that they were his, his earthly parents. Um, and, and again, many lessons to be learned from them. Uh, but God didn't just come for Mary and Joseph. He didn't, it just wasn't Emmanuel for these earthly parents. It just wasn't Emmanuel for the wise men. It wasn't just Emmanuel uh, for kings. It wasn't just Emmanuel for the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But again, we see this, these shepherds, these ordinary men that he was Emmanuel for as well. Ordinary people, and we see their responses to Jesus. And I think that's important. I think, again, if we go back 2,000 years and we see this, this amazing, riveting story of God coming to earth, uh, that's, that's, that changed the world forever. And, and, and it will forever be changed because of, of Emmanuel, because God incarnate, because God came to this earth to live among men, to die for men. Again, it has changed the world. And so the people surrounding this, I think it's so important the closer that you get to a flame, the hotter it gets. The, the, the closer you get to those who are right there, I think you get the, the most raw response. The, I believe the greatest response to God with us. We're 2,000 years removed. We, we believe it. We know it. It happened by faith. There's no question for those of us who believe that it happened. God came to this earth, that he really was that baby. We saw that video. It really did happen the way the Bible but these people, they experienced it. Literally, in their life, it was their life. Like, we're sitting here today, like, like if the Lord wills, and we leave this place, and we get in our vehicles, and we drive either home or to a restaurant, and we go eat. It's our real life. This was their real life. They encountered the incarnate word. It's an unbelievable, again, thing to think about. But we see their response, and I think it should lay a, a framework for what our response to Emmanuel should be. We see those who are closest to the, to the encounter, those who were there, that, again, closest to the flame, their, their intense response, I believe, should be like ours, ours should be like theirs. And so I want to look at that this morning, Christmas praise and hopefully get something, be encouraged, challenged, convicted, whatever God has, uh, and, and leave here uh, with what God wants for us. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you again for this opportunity. Uh, Lord, there's nothing that I could say in, in my own words uh, that could um, accurately depict or describe or uh, amplify what you've already given to us. Lord, your word is perfect. It's pure. It's tried. It's true. It's, it's eternal. Uh, it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, there, your word is everything we need. So this morning, I pray that in this message, God, that I would just preach your word and that your word would do the work that only you can do through your spirit uh, in our lives, God. Um, help us to all be captivated with your word. Help us all uh, to be held uh, captive by the spirit this morning, working in our midst. God, do whatever you want to do in this place. Lord, we're here for you. We're not here for a program. We're not here for a routine. We're not here uh, to go through motions, but we're here for you. And God, this Christmas, as we're celebrating you, we're celebrating this amazing miracle, this great thing that you've done uh, for all man. Lord, help us to, to zero uh, our hearts in on that. Help us to, to, to line our, ourselves up. Every thought, every feeling, uh, everything on you this morning. And may your will be done. Lord, if there's someone here that's lost, uh, they've never surrendered their life to you. I pray that you would uh, just show them your great love this morning. God, that they would see uh, the condition they're in is a deadly condition. 
uh, that they're going to spend eternity separated from you in a place that you've reserved for your enemy, the devil. Lord, I, I pray that they would see that, they would turn from their, their life, their control, and they would turn to you in faith uh, because of the gospel. Lord, we'll praise you for what you do this morning, and we ask you just bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. If you're not already there, it's there in your, in your notes, the, the verses, the references. Uh, it'll also be on the screen. And so I, I want to read some verses, uh, the Christmas story, if you will, uh, a little bit. In Luke chapter 2, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this uh, taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, giving us a framework of the, uh, the time, the, the, around the time that this was going on. And all went to be taxed, it says, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. He, w he went there to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Now, most of us know the Christmas story, but if you don't, uh, basically, again, uh, the kind of the precursor to all this is Joseph and Mary. Uh, Mary conceived Jesus before they were actually married. Uh, Joseph takes her now as his spouse wife to Bethlehem to be taxed, um, and she has a baby. That's what that means. She, uh, the days were accomplished. She was fully come that she was going to have this child, and she delivered this child. In verse 7, brought forth her firstborn son wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Again, we don't know who this innkeeper is. We don't, we're not told his name. We don't, this is just another figure in the Christmas story. There's no room for them in the inn. Somebody turned them away. Somebody said there's no room. Verse 8, there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Now, I would say this. I'm not going to get into great detail about this, but the Bible says that the glory of the Lord shone round about them. All around them, God's glory shone. Now listen, the Bible says no man has seen God at any time. That Moses, when he had met with God there on the mountain, that he had, his face had to be covered because he had been spending time in the presence of God. The glory, the radiating glory from him spending time with God there in the presence of God was too much for the, for the, the children of Israel. The, the glory of God, the Bible says that there's not going to be light, there's no need for the light uh, in the city that God is, is, is going to be uh, ruling over, the new Jerusalem one day, because Jesus Christ is that light. He's going to give light, there's going to be enough radiating glory that there will be no need for a sun anymore. There'll be no need for a light to, to, to light everything up because the glory of Jesus Christ is that brilliant and that bright. Now for us today, that's hard to imagine because we wake up every day and as long as it's not cloudy, we see that sunrise and we see that's what gives us light. But the Bible says that the glory of God shown around the, the, the radiating glory of God that again, Moses had to veil his face from, that, that, that Jesus will illuminate the, the, the new Jerusalem with this glory of God shown around these ordinary guys who are used to seeing the sun go down, used to seeing the moon come up and the stars come out and their flocks, tending to their flocks and just ordinary things other than you know predators coming about and maybe a stranger here and there and, and just normal ordinary life but this was no ordinary night. The glory of God shone all around them, and the Bible says that they were sore afraid. That means they were terrified. They were terrified. And, and again, I, I would be too. We'll get into a little bit of the humanity of that and kind of try to relate to that this morning, but I would be too. If, if you are, imagine if you're kind of dozing off, right? It's getting a little late. Maybe you're going to take the nap at your shift to take a little cat nap. The other guy's going to be keeping a little more sharper eye on things. And then, bam, this light comes, you know, it, it, on, on the dark night, glory of God. Probably blinding. Verse 10, the angel said unto them, fear not, because I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be, and look at this, which shall be, 
to all people. This is, and, and again, I want you to get this, the messenger of God, sent from God himself, the angel shows up to these ordinary men on this hillside and says, I've got good news from your creator. I, don't be afraid. I've got good news from your creator. That's for everybody. This news is for every person. This, this is for all people. Not just for those that are up in the castle, not for, for those that are in the temple, not just for, for, for people who are, again, important in man's eyes, but I've got good news for everyone to hear. Now, what the angel did not tell them is who else he had talked to or who else he had not talked to. So if I'm putting myself in these shepherds' shoes, I'm thinking... Maybe he's already told the rulers. Maybe he's already told the kings. Maybe he's already told all the important people. But our story, the scripture tells us, that's not the case. Now, he has already, he's, they've already talked to Mary and Joseph, the people that were involved there. But other than that, he comes, the messenger of God comes to these ordinary men on this ordinary night. Well, not so ordinary night. Ordinary to them. And he says, I've got good news for you. You don't need to be afraid. This glory that's blinding you right now is going to be, is going to be uh, amplifying this news that I'm about to tell you. I don't know about you, but I, I can't fathom this. I, I, I've tried almost my whole life, even as a, as, as a child, you believe it, you hear it. You know, but as an adult now, even now, I, I, I cannot wrap my mind around what these guys must have been experiencing and thinking, all the feelings that, that they must have been going through, they'd never experienced this before. And he says, I've got good news for everybody to hear. I've got good news for all people. Again, I've preached Christmas messages before and explained what this good news or this good tidings means. Uh, the word literally in the Greek is the same exact word for gospel, euangelizo. And so it, it's, it's found in Jesus' great commission. Uh, it's, it's found in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, uh, to preach the gospel to every creature, same word. Sa same word, the good news that the angel brought to these ordinary shepherds that was going to be for all people is the same good news that Jesus says, go and Preach the gospel. Preach that good news to every creature. Why? Because he, he, he came to bring the good news to all people, and it's to be proclaimed now by us, the church, his people, to all people from that point forward. And it's for everybody. And here it is. Here's the good news that God sent for all people. You ready? Look at verse 12. I mean, verse 11, I'm sorry. For unto you is born this day. In the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The greatest gift that anyone could ever receive came today. That's what they heard. You, you, you maybe have given each other little carvings of your favorite sheep, you know, while you're here, I got, I got a gift for your birthday, Samuel. Eli, I don't Bible names, you know. Joseph, I've got, I, I, I gave you, I got you a, a new scarf for the hillside. You know, maybe they, they did different things like that for each other for their birthday. Maybe they didn't even celebrate birthdays like we celebrate birthdays. Probably not. But um, they may have experienced gift giving and gift receiving in their life before. But they just got their whole life turned upside down and wrecked by this news. Look, we've got some, I've got some good news from, from heaven. I've got some good news from God. Today, the Savior has been born. Today, which is the Savior, which is Christ the Lord, he's been born today in the city of David in Bethlehem. Again, I, there's times that I get excited when I know that the tracking number says 
something's going to be delivered by Amazon on a certain day. That's exciting. You look with you know UPS. I, I'm I'm okay pretty much with UPS at home. I really don't like UPS here at the church um, because sometimes they just pass us by. I'm bitter about that. That's, it's, it's been a couple years ago, but uh, we had something that, yeah, I am. Um, because we needed something for church. We needed something like, it was like books that we needed, and, and I waited here. Nobody else was here. I was just working all day long. It was like during a break or something, and we needed them for the next Sunday, and I waited here all day long. And they showed up at the very, you know, they say, bye, 7 p.m. or by 6 p.m. or whatever that's when they came by but this guy did not stop I had every camera up that we had up and I was I was working and looking at the same time and this guy drove right by and I said uh-uh so I jumped in my truck and I chased him down in that neighborhood over there and I said hey man I think you got a delivery, maybe just missed it. Oh, I didn't know anybody was there. So I got our books and we had them the next Sunday. But um, he did it again one time too, it was a different guy. And I had to catch him down at 7-Eleven, down the street here. So what is the deal? So I don't like UPS here. Uh, but I like at home, they, they're pretty good at home. Um, except for they're, they mess it up, the boxes. But uh, anyways, um, we anticipate deliveries. Now you know. We anticipate deliveries uh, and, and, and different gifts and packages. Uh, we anticipate the opening of gifts in the morning uh, on Christmas Day or in, in, the, in the evening. On, whenever you do your, your Christmas gift giving or whatever, right? Everybody enjoys that. I can't wait to see what I get, especially the kids. Right, adults? Especially the kids. Um, but... The only one that could save you from your sin, the only one that could remove all of your sin from your account, the only one that could give you life forever, he came today. He came today. I mean, that, that's what those shepherds, again, they, they realize what the Messiah, who he was, uh, scripturally, as, a, as Jews, they, they had to understand that they were anticipating Messiah's coming. They, they, they understood when, when he says, Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah from God, he has come and he's here today and he's in Bethlehem. That's, that's amazing in itself, period. Just to hear that good news. I mean, right? I, there was no tracking number, though. There, there, there was no address. Where? You know, he's in, he's, in, he's in Bethlehem. He's in the city of David. He's here today, but where is he? And again, the Lord would know that they would wonder if they could see him, if they could be a part, if again, as lowly shepherds, okay, that's great, wonderful, what do you want us to do with this news now? I mean, we're not worthy to go see him. I mean, what were their thoughts? What were they dealing with? What were they going through? But again, the Lord, knowing what they would need, has more for them in verse 12. And he says, and this is going to be your sign. This is going to be a sign of you. You are going to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Well, that narrows it down. I mean, still no, no address, still no tracking, nothing. But at least we know the baby's going to be in swaddling clothes and in a manger. So he's going to be in a stable. He's going to be where there's farm animals. So there's a farm community just outside the city of Bethlehem. So that's where we'll go. That's where we'll know that we need to go to see Jesus. I don't know about you, but that, that is awesome. Your, your Redeemer, again, the only one that can give you eternal life, the only one ever that could stamp out your sin. He's here, and here's how you'll know that it's him. This, that, that's, that's amazing. I, I love that. That is such an amazing thought. This, this is God's love, his good news given to these ordinary shepherds. This is how you're going to know he is the Messiah. This is how you're going to know he's the one to save you. 
Look at the next verse, verse 13. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So you get the scene, right? These guys, normal night, regular night. Uh, 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 all of a sudden, this angel comes and with the glory of God shining around them says, I've got the gospel, the good news. It's for everybody. The Savior is here. You don't have to wait anymore. He's come. The one that's going to take away your sin, the one that's going to save you from it, the one that's going to give you eternal life, he's here. And here's how you know it's him. This is where you're going to find him. And then all of a sudden, bam, a, a, a worship service breaks out on the hillside. But it's not, I mean, our choir is good, but a multitude of heavenly hosts, that was pretty close this morning. I, I was like, man, come on. Those ladies were, mm -hmm, you know. I was like, come on. <laughs> but um, I'm excited. Man, this, this, this is the greatest news, the best news. Again, I, I just want us to know, that, again, the pronouncement of Christ, the Lord, his incarnation, him coming, the host of heaven. I, I, don't, I don't know how that went. I mean, they, they are at God's service. They're at his, his command. He tells them what to do. They are his servants, his messengers. But just in my human mind, it's probably flawed, this thinking. But I'm thinking the messenger gets to go, right? Gabriel. He gets to say everything, you know. I know the angels aren't thinking that. But again, I told you, flawed human mind. But... Gabriel goes and he, he again, probably get, pronouncing to these shepherds, Jesus is here. The Savior's here. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you got these hosts of angels being like, <laughs> you know, like, let's go! You know, like, this is great! You know, just um, amazing. And then as soon as he says, here it is, and they're like, ah! you know. That's what I'm thinking. They couldn't hold it in. They couldn't hold it back. Jesus was born. The Savior incarnate. It's time to, it's time to celebrate. I couldn't keep from praising. What an experience for some regular guys, you know? Just regular guys just hanging out. Maybe the, the, the best thing that they thought was the, the, the intensity or the excitement that they were going to do is to chase off a wolf that night or something or, you know, a... Uh, a mountain lion or something like that. Maybe we get to hunt tonight, you know? I mean, nope. <laughs> something eternally greater happened to them that night. Again, they've probably seen some pretty cool things. I, I can't imagine. I've been outside in the country when there's no lights and it's pitch black and you're looking up at the stars and it looks like the night sky is truly illuminated because of all the stars. It's, they're so bright and so brilliant. And sometimes the moon doesn't even need to be out that bright for those stars to be shining so bright. And, and it's in that darkness with all those lights shining that you can see like shooting stars and, and, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, just ama you can get captivated by that. It's amazing. You've probably seen some pretty cool stuff. But nothing could compare to that. Nothing could compare to having the angel, glory of God, and then the, the, the heavenly hillside praise service. That's amazing. I often wonder after those angels were done with that hillside praise service, uh, if the shepherds kind of just sat there or stood there in shock, just looking at each other. Huh. That just happened, right? Like, just trying to process everything. Hmm. We see what happens next, but we're not told how much time went on before they booked them to Bethlehem, right? We, we, don't, we don't know that. We, we just, again, in, in the, the account that God's given to us, uh, we kind of go verse by verse in our minds. Again, it, it does this in the epistles, the, the letters that Paul wrote. Uh, sometimes there's just an account given, and we're not given necessarily the amount of time that happens between this, this point and this point. And so we don't really know, uh, did they do this immediately? Or were there some time where there was some discussion that the, the Bible just doesn't give us information on? We don't know. 
Regardless, there was some time that passed because it says in verse 15, and it came to pass. Again, so afterwards, whether it was immediate, a lot, a lot of times the Bible will tell that, and immediately, um, and, you know, that right afterwards, I mean, there's, there's some things uh, many times that when, it, when it's an immediate response. So there was a little bit of time, we assume, that it came to pass, and as the angels were gone away from them to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go now, let, let us go, let us now, I'm sorry, go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. That's just amazing words, amazing thoughts. The Lord's made known unto us. Like that, that was something important for them. You know, again, ordinary men sitting on this hillside, ordinary shepherds, and God made this known to us. The God of all creation, our God, has told us about this important thing. Phenomenal thought, because that's still the case for us today with his word. God still is informing us, normal people. He's telling us, and it's there every day. I've got this for you. In verse 16, and they came with haste. That's, I would think, an understatement. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. But here's another thought in my mind sometimes. I'm thinking, like, because uh, fast forward to the, to, the, to the death and the resurrection, right? You have uh, a little bit of a race going on that morning with a couple of the disciples, and one of them's lagging behind, right? That's what we, we find that that's the case. One of them gets kind of left in the dust um, a little bit. But that's where my mind went with this story, too, is you got, you got shepherds, and maybe they're all shapes, sizes, and ages. We don't, how many shepherds? We, we don't know these, these questions. So maybe there was a younger brother shepherd, and maybe he couldn't keep up with the older brother shepherds. Maybe there was just a slower shepherd. Maybe he liked more bread and desserts. And he couldn't move as quickly as the other ones. Maybe, maybe they got a little left behind. I, again, just pondering the reality. And can you feel the anxiousness and the, and the fright? Like, or not the fright, but just the, the, the upsetness as the other group is running up ahead of them. And they're getting left behind. Like, they're going to get to see the Savior first. They're going to get to see him first. And, and don't leave him behind. I, I want to follow with the group. And just, just thoughts of, of the reality that was going on there. But again, trying to get there. And, and, and so I'm, that's what I want to look at. Look at, at their first response to this good news. They heard God had provided the Savior, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And what was their first response to that? They ran to meet him. They ran to him. Again, what was the good news? God had sent the Savior. God had provided the way. God had, 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 had given what he promised that he would give. A savior to rescue them from their sins. Not, not just anyone, but to rescue them from their sins. A savior who, who would pay the ransom to redeem them from the grip of sin. A, a Messiah that would free them, them personally, these, these shepherds, free them to give them eternal life. Again, if you could meet the one in person who was sent to do that for you, why would you not run to him? If you could meet the one, the only one who could free you from sin's penalty, the only one who could redeem you from the grips of sin, the only one who could forgive you for, for all your sins, the only one who could save you and give you eternal life. If you could meet him, why would you not run to him? And it's still a puzzle today. Why some people battle with, should I run to Jesus or not? Should I run to meet this Savior who came to rescue me? And the battle is, is I would rather continue to live my life in a way that I'm comfortable with, in a way that I have control of. It's, it's that that gets the victory over the God who loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. 
and, and, and you can meet him today. Right now you can meet him. And people battle over that. I think I would rather chance. No, listen, these guys ran to meet the one who was sent to do that for them. You can assume many people, of course, we've already talked about this morning, have heard the good news. What did you do when you heard the good news? What did, you, did you run to meet Jesus? Did you, did you do, mull over it? Did you contemplate what you would do? Listen, these guys were encountered with this good news, and, and it changed their life, and they had to meet the one who was sent for them. For us today, for them, it's a matter of being eternally separated and tormented. Separated from God and tormented for, again, all of eternity. Or spending an eternity with God. They ran. There's no, no, no question. No, no delay. No, they, as soon as they said, we're going, they made haste, the Bible says. And again, I believe that's why the shepherds were so excited that he had come, the one to rescue them from eternal torment, the one to save them. He, he had come, and they could go meet him, and they could experience him. And so they made haste, and they went, verse 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that had heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Look at verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And so this morning, I have three points, again, short points, and we'll be done this morning. The first thing is this. I want to look at the focus of our praise. We look at what the, the shepherds did, and, and we look at what they did. They ran and to meet Jesus, and then they responded. They responded to the good news. They responded to meeting Jesus. There was also that song there on the hillside by the angels that kind of gives us, again, the framework of what their praise looked like and what our praise should look like. The Bible says that the angels' song, they said, glory to God, to God. The shepherds in verse 20, it says they returned glorifying and praising God. It should be our focus today, to focus solely on God. When, when we lift our voices and we praise God and we, we offer something to him in the form of praise and worship, it should be to him alone. He alone deserves worship. He alone deserves praise. It's him. He's the, he's the only one that deserves it. He's the one that came to die. He's the one that sent his son. It's God. That's why the, the angel says glory to God. That's why the shepherds return praising God. He is the focus or should be the focus of our praise. Galatians chapter 5. I'm sorry. I don't know what this is. You don't either? No. I'll read it then. It's Galatians. Uh, chapter 3? Three? 3 through 5? Uh-oh. No. 4. Chapter 4, Galatians chapter 4, 3 through 5. Even so, we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. Look at that again. In the fullness of time, when it was come, when it was right time, God did this work. God sent his son, made of one, made under the law. Here it is. Here's why he sent him. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So again, this is the work that God did in the right time in, in, in you know, probably 4 B.C., somewhere around 3 or 4 B.C. That was the fullness of time. That's when God said, when, when, when Caesar uh, uh, made this decree and, and, and all, the, wor all the, the known world would be taxed and when Cyrenius was governor of Judea, this, this is the fullness of time that God says now is the right time. He sent forth his son and the purpose to send his son was to redeem them that were under the law. God did the work. God sent his son. God so loved the world that he sent his son. This Christmas, I just want us to remember, 
It's about the greatest gift that's ever been given. It's about a gift that no earthly gift, no temporal gift, no Amazon, UPS, no, 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 no gift could ever even come close to that's been given to us by God, Jesus Christ. And God didn't say, well, I guess I will. He said in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. It was something God chose to do for us. He's the focus. He should be the focus of all our praise. Not only do we see this focus uh, of our praise being on God alone, because it's God alone that gave us this greatest gift, that God alone sent his only son. But point number two is we see the freedom of our praise. The freedom of our praise. Look what it says. They may known abroad. These shepherds, after, after they had... Um, experienced Jesus Christ as they heard the good news they met Jesus Christ they saw the Savior they encountered the Savior their lives were not the same and they went out and they made known abroad the saying which were told them concerning this child notice this they didn't realize that Herod was going to be on a witch hunt they didn't realize that this was going to be something that was done they didn't realize the great risk that it would pose to them maybe one day to be associated with this Christ they didn't worry about that. They, all they knew is they had freedom to praise Christ. They had freedom to praise God. They had freedom to praise the one who changed their life. And they made it widely known that Jesus was that one. Jesus was that savior. Jesus was that gift. Jesus was that Messiah. Jesus was the one that changed their life and the freedom of their praise was seen in their declaration of what they had heard and seen being known abroad. It tells us that the shepherds returned. It says that after they had encountered Jesus, they returned. They, they went back to their lives. Now, understand this. Obviously, they didn't go back to their lives the way that they had been living their lives. Obviously, they didn't go back to that hillside and look at it the same way. Obviously, they didn't look at their life the same way. They didn't live their life. They had encountered the Christ. They had encountered the Messiah. They had encountered God in the flesh. They had seen this glory of God from the angel of God. They had experienced all these things and now they returned to their lives differently. They were different. They obviously were praising differently and they had this freedom in their praise. They had encountered uh, the, the, the real God, the only God. And again, they couldn't help but praise him. Their lives were full of praise. Why wouldn't it be? Look, if they went back and half their flocks were gone, they had still encountered the risen Lord. I mean, not the risen Lord yet, but the, 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 the only God, the, the, the Savior, the Messiah. No matter what had happened on that hillside when they returned, no matter what happened in their life, they had encountered the gift of God. And so they were free to praise and they, and they freely praised. So this is what we need to remember even today. They found that freedom to praise God for what he had done for their souls. The promise that he had kept in saying that he would send a Messiah in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. It says that. It says, but thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, been of old from everlasting. The promised Messiah, the gift of Jesus had come. And so for us today, our encounter with him, the reality of God's kept promises, what has he promised us today? I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. If I go, then I will come again to receive you into myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The promises of God are sure and true. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to worry about. If we've encountered Jesus Christ, then we can 100% have freedom in our praise all of our days, regardless of our circumstances, because of who he is and what he's promised. I would say, even at the risk that we may face in our life. Well, what would we do? I mean, if I started praising God more freely, we don't need to worry about that. These shepherds weren't thinking, well, 
What if we die? If we start praising God for the Messiah and, and, and we, people start thinking we're weird, they didn't, they didn't encountered Jesus. Their lives were changed. They didn't care. They had freedom in their praise. Freedom to praise the one who saved their soul. Man, we should have freedom in our praise. The freedom we should have should prompt the spreading abroad. We should not only want to praise God in our, in our voices and our singing, but again, sharing. Especially at this time, this Christmas season. Uh, we walked into uh, a, a restaurant yesterday when we got home and, and um, uh, held a, a door open for a, a couple that was walking out, and an older couple, and um, the, the, the man said, thank you, and then the lady was falling behind, and she said, happy holidays. And I said, Merry Christmas. You know, I'm not, talk, I'm not getting into all that, like, like Merry Christmas. You know, I'm not talking about from that. But I, I just thought, you know what? We're celebrating the birth of Christ. This is the greatest gift ever. Like, it should be celebrated. This should be, we should praise God for, for what he's done for us. We should praise God for this amazing gift, for this, this Lord, the Savior that's changed our lives. And we should want to spread it abroad. People should know that this Christmas, there really is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. They should know because we freely praise him. They should know because we make it known abroad that he's come, that Emmanuel has come, God with us. People found out from the shepherds that way. Again, the Bible says they made known abroad the saying which was concerning this child. This Christmas, I want to encourage and challenge you, challenge all of us. People should find out from us. They shouldn't find out from TV. They shouldn't find out from the internet. They shouldn't find out from a card. People should know about Jesus from us because we encountered him. We, we, we've been changed. Our lives, our praise has been affected and, and we can't help but share this great news. Jesus Christ. People should find out from us who have encountered the Savior that he's, he's come. Let's exercise this freedom. And lastly, I'll close, the, freedom, the function of our praise, the purpose or the reason of our praise. Why did they praise? Because of all the things they had seen and heard and was told of them. That's why they praised. The, the reason why we should praise, the function of our praise is because of what we've seen and heard and experienced. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 21, this people have I formed for myself that they, that they shall show forth my praise. Again, he's talking about the Israelites. I've said before, uh, why did God choose Israel? Because God chose Israel to be an example of all the world. One of the things, why? why? Why does God have people? Why are we here? Why, why is this all happening in our lives right now? Why are we here to be a glory to God, to, be, to praise God? Jesus even told them, look, don't silence them, because if they don't praise me, the rocks will even praise me. It, it, we are here for his glory, for his pleasure, not for our temporal uh, accumulation of stuff and our, our temporal task of jobs and work. That's not why we're here. We're here to bring glory to God. That's why you have lungs. That's why you have air that fills your lungs. That's why your heart's beating and you're still alive today because God wants to have a relationship with you and then he wants your life to bring glory to him. That's what he wants from us. And he chose Israel to be that example for all the world I want to form this people for myself so that they will show forth my praise. That's his desire. That's his desire for the church today. 1 Peter chapter 2 tells us that. It says in verse 5, He also is lively stones. I built upon a spiritual house, holy priesthood. Here, here's the reason why. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. He goes on and says, Verse 9, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Why? Why are we set aside? Why are we these different people? Why are we different from the world? What is the purpose? That you should show forth the, show forth the praises of him that's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's why. That's why our, 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 we should be praising. The function of our praise is because that's why we exist, to praise him to bring glory to him. So this morning, like the shepherds, because Jesus Messiah, the anointed one, the Lamb of God, 
slain in our place. That's why we should praise him. We should make it known abroad. Our judgment was placed upon him. Isaiah 53 tells us that. It tells us that he was a man of sorrows, that, that, that he, he bore our affliction, he carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement that would bring about our peace was put upon him. He can't sin, but he bore ours. We should praise him for all these things. This morning, it's not because the shepherds had a, a particular musical preference playing in the sky as, as, the, as they returned from seeing Jesus. It wasn't because the music was a certain level or wasn't a certain level. It, it wasn't a certain style of music that they, they came running out from Jesus uh, experiencing. It, it wasn't any of those things. And so, well, uh, now I can sing. Now I can lift my voice and praise God openly. It wasn't any of those things. It was because of Jesus that they, they had freedom in their praise. And as I said recently, in, in that message on Sunday evening, listen, we, we get into all this stuff about, well, I don't really like that style of music. Lift your voice and praise God. Lift your voice and, and praise the one that called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Well, it's just, it gets so loud sometimes. Then get louder with your praise. We should praise God. Have you received the good news? Have you, has it changed your life? Then let's praise him. Amen. Let's make it known to all. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for uh, this message this morning, this great, amazing good news. Lord, we have been changed. Many of us in here have been changed by this good news, by you, uh, our Savior. And I pray that we would take this as a charge, a challenge, an encouragement, and even if conviction is necessary, conviction. Lord, we make so much of our praise about ourselves when it's supposed to be all about you. Lord, help us to have our, the focus right in our praise. But help us to be free in our praise. Lord, help us to, to not worry about anyone but you. Lord, help us to also praise you for the right reasons because of who you are and what you've done. Lord, help our praise be what it's supposed to be, especially this Christmas. Lord, work now on this invitation. We'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name.